right. Good morning. So good to see you folks. Glad that you're here. How many of you in here have high blood pressure issues? Anybody? All right. How many of you like me have low blood pressure? Anybody? Mine it was 84 over 48. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I'm a little bit, sometimes I get up and it's like, whoa, get your bearings. But it's all good. We're glad that you're here. Uh, if you have your bulletins, again, if you are a guest, your first, second, third time, uh, or maybe you've been many times, but we don't have a record, love to have you please fill that out, drop it in the offering plate when it comes around, which also reminds me that we do, uh, during the month of February, we ask for things to be updated. Again, if we have everything uh, about you that is uh, accurate, there's no need to do anything. But a lot of people change uh, emails, they change addresses, phone numbers, and, and we really need to know that so that we can contact you, we can send you an email. When I send those out bulk, you could get it. So we'd love to have you do that, and all you got to do is hit that little thing right over here um, if you want to, if you know how to do all that. Just hit that, and you can update. It'll take you to the right place, or go to our website, or go to the uh, booth out front. Okay, uh, next Sunday is our membership class. And what we do is right after this service, we go to the building behind us, we give you a nice lunch, and then I give you about an hour and 15 to 20 minute uh, talk about the church and membership. And so again, we'd love to have you come, but we'd like to know if you're coming so that we can prepare enough food uh, for everyone. Um, let's see, the other thing, is today we kind of designated not only like Jersey Sunday because of Super Bowl, but also our upward sports program, which they're doing in basketball now. So if you're involved in that at all, would you please stand for us? If you're, uh, you have teams there or you're a, co you're a coach. All right, Pastor Steve. And uh, just stay up, stay up for a minute if you don't mind. Stay up for a minute. And uh, we have, Pastor Steve has here, uh, something that we want to, we built a bridge out there for people to be able to go over and get out to the, our field. And uh, Chris, um, of course, has just been fighting cancer and is on the uh, positive side of that. And so we decided that we would just name that bridge the Bridge of Hope. Not just that, but for him. So Steve, give that to... Give that to uh, Kelly or Pam or whatever. <laughs> thank you all so much. Let me pray for you before you sit down. Father God, we thank you for this group. We thank you for um, the time that they give to these uh, families, many who do not go to church, uh, but they are being represented in a good way when these coaches and these helpers interact with them. So, our prayer is that not that they would just play a ball game, but that they would come to know you. And I know that's the heart desire of everyone here standing. Thank you in Christ's name. Amen. God bless you. All right. Let's everybody stand and welcome somebody around you to church.
Father, friend, and Savior, amen. Thank you, Jesus. Christ is my firm foundation.
God, we praise you because you're a God that never fails. He who began a good work in us will bring it to a completion, is what your word states. Thank you, God, for never being an absent God, but an ever-present God. An ever-present God who wants to meet with his people and inhabit the praises of his people. And we say, thank you, Jesus, that you've never failed us. God, continue to be with us as a church as we take our tithes and offerings and hear from your word. May you challenge our hearts in every way. May you challenge our character. May you challenge who we are. Father, because we love you and we want to serve you. Pray these things in your name. Amen. They say sometimes you win some, sometimes you lose some. Right now, right now, I'm losing back. Stood on this stage night after night, reminding the broken it'll be alright. But right now, oh, right now, I just can't. It's easy to sing when there's nothing to bring me down. But what will I say when I'm held to the flame like I am right now? But I know you're able and I know you can save through the fire. They say it only takes a little faith to move a mountain. Well, good thing a little faith is all I had right now. God, when you choose to leave mountains unmovable, oh, give me the strength to be.
Pretty good singing right there. I like that. All right. First sermon in a series on the book of First Corinthians. And we may be here till the cows come home. Um, I, I am so excited about this. And I want you to know that every sermon stands alone. So if you have to miss one or two or whatever, you can always go to the website and listen to it. But if you don't even want to do that, uh, it's not like you're going to miss out on it totally and you won't know what's going on. Um, we're going to begin today in 1 Corinthians 1, if you have your Bible or your device and you would like to follow along with us. Uh, I am so excited because this letter to the book, uh, to the Corinthians, this letter is so full of information for me individually and you, how to, how to live my life. Then how, do we, how can we live together in the church setting? How can we respond to our culture? I mean, it is just an absolutely awesome book. So let's go ahead and jump right in. And in this first letter to the Corinthians, Paul is trying to introduce a, a calming kind of a clear voice speaking into the midst of chaos. Now, you may not know this or not, but this church at Corinth, though Paul says in the very beginning that it had everything they needed, uh, they, they lacked no gift that the Holy Spirit gave, they were blessed beyond measure, but it was a church in chaos. It was a church that was very confused. And so Paul is going to set up the gospel for us, and he sits it out there kind of like a big lighthouse over all these troubled waters. You see, and this is so important, for Paul, it seems like that the gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ, meaning all of it, the, all of the good news, uh, all of the word of God that we read, that is the clear voice that answers every question and answers every problem, and we're going to see that. Now, let me tell you just a little bit about this church. As you know, I love history. I love geography and that kind of thing. And so a little bit about this church in Corinth to help set all of this up. Um, so anyway, Paul had planted this church on his first missionary journey. It's a story that you can read if you want to in Acts chapter 18. Corinth was one of the most up-and-coming cities of the Roman Empire. In fact, it had taken over even Athens. If you can picture the nation of Greece, and you, if you know kind of where Athens is, right across that little bit of waterway there is Corinth. And it was, it, again, it was a, because it had a beautiful port, it was a, a destination city for people in vac on vacations, and it was a, an economic kind of a, a place to go. It attracted young, upward, mobile people. And by the way, the Roman Empire had an unbelievable road system. You may not know that. But over their whole, and we're, listen, when we talk empire, we're talking huge. And they had an unbelievable road system. So people were able to come and go fairly easy. Uh, Amazon, Apple, and Verizon but thought about moving to Corinth back then. Anyway, I just want to see if you were listening. But the truth is, Corinth was also, sports was a big deal. 
in, in, in the city of Corinth. Again, it was very cosmopolitan, rich, and very diverse. This city had dozens of temples where they worshiped the different gods of either the Greeks or the Romans, depending on your choice. They were everywhere. Paul had lived in this city for about one and a half years, and he had led a bunch of people in that time to faith in Jesus Christ. He loved this church. In spite of all that we're going to find out as we go through this, he loved it. They represented some of his best work in the Lord, and he felt very close to these people. Now, after Paul left, he started getting reports. In fact, you would read, if we read the whole narrative, that, that someone in the church had written him a letter telling him about all these things that were going on. There were things that were happening there. And there were five major areas where there were big problems. We're going to cover those five areas in the next weeks and months um, to come. And so let's look at very quickly, get you to write them down. Write quickly because I'm going to go quickly today. Um, first of all, there were divisions in the church. There were divisions. We're gonna, that's the one we're going to get on to a little bit later. And we will get to the scripture in just a minute. But among them, there were factions. And there were people that, that, that were kind of splitting over a lot of different things. This is covered in chapters 1 through 4 the, about the divisions. What did they also do they have? Secondly, they had sex and romance problems, to put it mildly. You know, you could expect that in a city like this. Now, understand this, too, before I move on. Here you've got a church that was started, brand new church. Christianity was fairly new. And here is a group of people coming into the church. They're out of the Jewish religion. So they've got a religion. They know about commandments. They know about right and wrong behavior. But you got another group coming in out of the pagan world. And Corinth, they didn't know anything about this stuff. And they were coming into the church. So sexual sin was happening everywhere. And the problem is it was happening in the church, as we will see in a week or two. And a lot of the members were like, Paul, what's the big deal? I mean, you're, you're in Corinth, and everybody in Corinth seems to be okay with this. So in chapters 5, 6, and 7, Paul is going to deal out a lot of truth about sex, about marriage, about singleness and divorce. Are you still with me? That's the second big division. Third, there was a lot of um, difference of opinion about conviction. What is a Christian allowed to do and not to do? What could we do and not do? We still deal with that a little bit today, don't we? What could they do and not do? All right, are you listening? Why are you writing that down? About, this is what was going on. If you could picture this, about, let's say, two or three miles out 44 this way, there is a religion that started. And they got a nice, beautiful building. But part of that religion was they, they raised cattle. And I mean, they babied those cows. They were grade fed. You know, they, everything about them was perfect because they used them in their s sacrifices. They used them in their sacrifices. But the meat was unbelievable. It was the highest grade you could get. And they would then put it on sale at an unbelievable price. Because it had, they had used it, but now they need to get rid of it. They didn't want to throw it away, so they put it for sale. And it was top, top meat. 
And so they had a market there. You could go and buy it. Now, here's, here's what I want to ask you. And I want you to be totally honest. How many of you would say, hey, no big deal. I know like Paul, there's no such thing as an idol. Doesn't bother me. I mean, they're going to sell that stuff at half price. That kind of meat, I'm going to buy it. Anybody? Be honest. Raise your hand high. Be honest. How many of you say no? It was all, you know, no, uh, just because I don't want to be associated. Anybody? Raise your hand real high. All right, about half and half. Now you know the problem. <laughs> now you know the problem that they were having in this church. You say, well, what does that have to do with us today? Well, what about things for us today like politics or how's the best way to educate your kid, whether or not you should drink alcohol or not, whether you should get vaccinated, wear a mask? Okay, and so in chapters 9 through 10, Paul's going to cover that kind of stuff. Here's the fourth big area. Their church services were chaotic. They were turning chaotic. They were confusing. What do you mean? People were interrupting the church service. Hey, pastor, I got a word from the Holy Spirit. He wants me to tell you all this. No, really. And if he shut it down, it was like, hey, they don't want the Holy Spirit moving there. They're quenching the moving of the Spirit. Other people were just starting out in tongues, just bl blurting out everywhere. Some people were laying on the floor. That's what the Bible tells us was going on then. It was kind of like a madhouse. So chapters 11, 12, 13, and 14, Paul is going to deal with guidelines of how do you let the Holy Spirit work in your church service. And then the fifth thing, the other big area was this. Some people were saying that the resurrection of Jesus was no big deal. In fact, they, they were saying it wasn't even really physical. It never really, it was spiritual, but it really didn't happen. It's not that important. And Paul's going to take 15, chapter 15, a big chapter, long chapter, and deal with all of that. Are you with me? You know these five now, right? Keep that, keep those notes because, boy, this is going to be good when we get through. In discussing each of these problems, Paul is going to follow a pattern. He'll define the problem, as we will see, and then lead us to see that that problem can be answered through the lens of the gospel, of the word of God. That's, fill in the blank there. Of the word of God. Follows a pattern. So if you want, listen, if you want to get your mind around Paul's basic strategy of teaching these folks, it's this. You take whatever is broken. Are you listening? Take whatever is broken in your spiritual life and apply the gospel to it. Because the, 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 the gospel is the cure regardless of the sickness. And that's what we're going to see in this book. It's, listen, we, he, we know the truth. Paul talks about this. He says, look, we all stood hopelessly condemned before God. But God in his grace and his mercy gave us his son to die for our sin and now offers eternal life as a free gift to everybody who will humbly receive it. And, and, and now that's the basic gospel. But then he said, now when you understand all that, now we can go deeper into the, the truth of the whole gospel as we will hopefully do here today. We're going to go through these five sections of Paul's letter we may spend two to three weeks on each, each one of them. Um, but folks, I want you to know this too. 
as we're reading this book, we need to understand that Paul could have been written, could have been writing this book to us. That's the whole key. We need to know the churches in Citrus County and in a, in a, to a degree, maybe not as big as others, Gulf to Lake needs to hear this. And we need to know what Paul is going to say. Am I right? I mean, because you say, well, preacher, you mean, are you telling me there's divisions? I mean, we've been coming here a long time and everybody seems to get along and everything's fine. Well, that is, listen, let me say this. We have been blessed because we have really all these years, we have been so blessed because a huge, huge majority of our people agree on the basic doctrines of the faith. But now listen, if you don't think there's divisions of any kind, go to somebody's small group and see if they ever have a difference of opinion. Come here on, on Wednesday night. The last two Wednesday nights, we've covered a couple of things that I brought up that, that have caused division, would have caused, and even amongst people in their own family. Well, I believe this way, but she believes that way. And so, you know, yes, it could happen. There are divisions even in a good church. Now, listen, are you listening? I'm not talking about minor things. I'm not talking about little disagreements like, um, is, was Michael Jordan better than LeBron? Uh, was Larry Bird better than LeBron? And the answer to both those is yes. Okay? Had to get that in there. Um, is it, do you choose Chick-fil-A over Popeye's? Uh, is it um, Toby Keith over Taylor Swift? And the answer to that is yes. Okay. Is it, is it possible for Christians to be unified? Yeah. And we're going to really delve into that next week when Paul gives us the answer to the problems we're going to bring up today. So do we have, do we have some of that in churches today? Is there sexual confusion sometimes in churches today like there is out in the culture? Yeah. I mean, do some people have questions about the role of the Holy Spirit in a church service? Oh, yeah. And how we're supposed to follow him? Are there some people that probably shock you that, that have questions about the absolute miracle claims of the Bible? Probably so. Yes to all of those. Now, some of you may look at this and say, gosh, pastor, divisions? Gossip, sexual sin, charismatic chaos. That sounds like a church I wouldn't want to be a part of. That sounds like a messed up church. Well, and you're, and you're telling me that this church in Corinth kind of reminds you of churches around here today? And even maybe to a little bit of a degree, go off the lake? Yeah. Because listen, are you listening to what I'm about to say? We are trying to reach people. Who are out there. Now, those of you Wednesday night, you're going to hear what I said a little bit Wednesday night. So I told you, you would. This, this is one of them. We're trying to reach people who are out there. Some of them come in here and they've got a Christian background or a religious background. But some of them, many of them more now than ever come out of the culture where they don't know a thing about church life. You know, they, they don't know about how to act yet. They don't know about all the things that, um, that, that we know. And they, they haven't grown yet in the Lord. And they still come into the church. All right, now listen. Any church that is trying to reach those kinds of people, 
are going to have some problems that they're going to have to deal with. Because here's what I told our group Wednesday night. When you try to reach lost sheep, they're going to come into the church smelling like, well, sheep. Amen? And sometimes they may leave stuff on the floor. And you're going to step in it or you're going to smell it. And you don't, we don't want to do that. But listen, I'll take those problems all day long if it means we're reaching people that are coming to the Lord. Tim Keller passed away this last year, went to be the Lord great pastor, New York City. He says there are two kind of problems. There's living problems and there's dying problems. Living problems and dying problems. What are living problems? The church, he said, trying to reach unchurched people. And they bring in their issues. And sometimes it's politics. And sometimes it's ethnic things. And sometimes it's financial things. And they don't know how to talk or behave yet. But it can cause a problem. Listen, if you don't think that can happen even in a great church, ask Chris and them about Upward Sports and these families that are out there in the world about some of the things they hear, some of the words that are said that they have to correct when they, when they hear them. Had a guy about 12, 13 years ago, I was doing a sermon, and it was on uh, the 40 Days of Love or something like that, and I asked him, would you please give a testimony? He told me a great story. I said, you've got two minutes. I want you to give me a great testimony. So I, I looked at it to make sure everything, you know, was okay, and he got up and he, up here, and he started speaking, and he about three-fourths of the way through, he was saying something like, and you know, da-da-da-da-da-da, and man, that just sucks. I went, whoa. I, I was sitting way over there. Whoa, I didn't tell him we don't say it sucks in church. <laughs> I'm in Bayfield, Colorado. I lead this older man to the Lord in his kitchen. Little dinette set there, we're sitting there. And he was so excited, he was so happy. He started crying and he said, preacher, I'm just so happy, let's drink to it. <laughs> True story. True story. And I thought about, well, you know, Paul said I became all things to all men. So, <laughs> no, I didn't do that. The other's true, but I didn't do that. Those are living problems. And then he says there's dying problems. That's when a church becomes like a country club, a Christian country club. And instead of being, as Jesus said, fishers of men, we become keepers of the aquarium. And the fish in it will die. People need to be coming in. So which kind of a church, I guess, do you want to be a part of? That's why I said out there, what kind of church do you want? A church with living problems or dying problems? I'll take living problems all day long, amen? Now, that doesn't mean anything goes. No, no, no. When they come in, they learn. You know, they learn, they hear messages, they, they, they get convicted, but it can be a little bit sticky once in a while. All right, now let's jump in. Here we go. Scripture, scripture, scripture. Chapter one, verse 10. First problem that we talked about, the division thing. Now I urge you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, 
that all of you agree in what you say, that there be no divisions among you. He is not talking about, like I said, these little minor things. He's talking about let there be no division among you as to how you got saved and the way you get saved and, and putting leaders, and we'll talk about it in just a minute, putting leaders up here on a pedestal, you know, and, and picking one over the other and that kind of a thing. So he says, and by the way, he invokes the name of the Lord. Now, he's an apostle under the influence of the Holy Spirit, but yet he adds to that, I'm telling you this, in the name of the Lord. No factions, you know, no divisions. You say, well, pastor, what kind of divisions exactly were there um, in the Corinthian church? Well, remember, some came out of a pagan background. Some came out of a background of Judaism. So there was going to be a problem. So some of the problems, write it down, were theological. Some of the problems were theological in nature. Okay? And we'll see that even later on all through the uh, book of Acts, what they had to deal with. There were people that got saved out of the Jewish religion, and they said, look, we, you know, yes, we believe Jesus is the Messiah, but here's the thing. We want to keep some of our Old Testament practices, some of the days, some of the holidays, you know, and, and circumcision and all that. We want to keep all that. And some of them said, no, man, we're free now. You know, the gospel set us free. We don't have to do all that. So they were divided on how to act in the church like that and how to act with the world out there. Can you go places that, you sh that, that other people don't go? Like we just talked about at the beginning. Can you eat food that was offered to an idol or not? Or should you keep your distance? So some of them were theological. Number two, some of the divisions were personality-driven. Personality-driven. You look with me at verse 11 and 12. For it has been reported to me about you, my brothers and sisters, that there is rivalry among you. One of you says, I belong to Paul, or I belong to Apollos, or I belong to Cephas, that's Peter, or I belong to Christ. See that? See what the division that are starting there? Some like, hey, I'm a Paul guy, man. Paul, Paul was such a great theologian, man. His, his letters are just unbelievable. You know, and others are like, hey, yeah, that's fine. Paul's great with theology, but man, he's boring. And Paul even admitted that later on, that he might be boring. I don't know if you read or heard about the usher who was seating people when a little old lady came in and she asked to be put on the very front row. And this usher got her and he kind of whispered to her and said, ma'am, I, I wouldn't recommend that. Our pastor is so boring. I, I would just recommend you don't do that because you're going to fall asleep for sure. And if you fall asleep, everybody behind you is going to notice it and, and see that. She said, young man, do you know who I am? He said, no. She said, I'm the pastor's mother. Wait, wait. And the usher, the usher said, well, ma'am, do you know who I am? She said, no. He said, thank God. And he started heading to the, to the back. <laughs> yeah. That was Paul, man. He had a preaching style only a mother could love. 
So these people were like, you know, I'm for Paul. No, I'm for Apollos. And Apollos evidently was a great speaker. I mean, he, he evidently, but Apollos at, at the beginning had some theological things that he didn't know about. And so Paul and a, a couple named Aquila and Priscilla were trying to teach him some of the things he didn't know. But evidently, he was a good speaker. So now you got these factions like, hey, no, I'm, I'm team Paul. No, because I'm into theology. No, man, I'm, I'm team Apollos because I'm into reaching people. Yeah, well, y'all stink. No, you stink. You know, and all that stuff. The factions were starting. Paul's boring. I mean, I heard one time that he was preaching and he preached so long and so boring that this young man fell out of a third story window. True story. Read it, Acts 20. His name was Eutychus, fell 30 feet down. They picked him up as dead. So, Paul, what good is your theology when people are dying in the church? <laughs> so things were getting heated. Then there was another group. No, we're all for Peter. Peter walked with the Lord. I mean, Peter heard everything the Lord did and said. And then there was another group. Well, I don't belong to any of them, man. I'm just a Jesus guy. Just give me Jesus. I don't need anybody else. These people bother me. I was listening um, Tuesday to Moody Radio 91.9. Every day, work, a weekday at 1 o'clock, a man named Chris Brooks comes on, and, and, and he'll, he'll have somebody in. They'll talk and, and, and so forth and have an issue. Well, the issue this last Tuesday was on this. A lady had written a book on deconstruction about how people are getting mad and just leaving churches in mass. And they let people call in and tell them why they had left church. You know, of course, some of them were hurt, that kind of thing. Well, one man calls in and you can just hear the arrogance in the voice. Well, I'll just let you know I left the church 30 years ago, and I worship the Lord. I can worship him in the yard. I can worship him on my boat, da, 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 da. And I thought, I thought, y'all, this is your chance. You need to tell him, you know, kindly say to him, you know, you're absolutely right. You can worship the Lord there. You can worship the Lord in your house. You can, but you know what the Bible says? Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Do you know that God doesn't want you to be a Lone Ranger Christian? He wants you to be with other people, but they didn't do that. They were too nice. But that's, that's the whole idea. You got some people like that. We call them um, Bible knowledge people. You know, hey, just give me theology. You know, that's all I want, preacher. You know, I, I want you to give me the Greek, the Hebrew, the tenses, and everything of everything that you, you preach. Uh, you know, and, and it's kind of like there, some of you that you've had a baby and you put them in a high chair, put a bib on them. You know, and you put food in front of them to eat, and, you know, sometimes they do it, and sometimes they get mad, and they don't like it, and they throw it on the floor. Well, that kind of reminds me sometimes of uh, some ways of people, you know, like that, that, you know, well, yeah, it's okay, but I, I needed more meat. That, that's how you hear it. I needed more meat in my sermon. Well, that's okay. And then there's another kind of a person, and that's an experienced kind of a person. What do you mean? Well, you know, preacher, if I don't get goosebumps at some point in the sermon or the worship and the altars aren't full of people weeping and, 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 and falling on the floor, then I don't think it's much of a spirit-filled sermon. Or how about this one? Well, I'm a take-care-of-the-body person. What do you mean? Well, I mean, just 
Everybody ought to you know, go there. You know, don't reach out that much. Just take care of everybody in the aquarium. You know, have Bible studies galore everywhere. That's good. Then there's others that, hey, no, I'm an evangelism person. I mean, if people aren't flooding down to the altar every single Sunday getting saved, then it doesn't do much for me. I'm an evangelism person. And then there are people like, hey, I'm a social justice guy. You know, that's the kind of person I am. You know, I want to look up on that stage and I want to see a rainbow. Red, yellow, black, and white. You know, I want to see it all. Now, are you listening? Because I'm closing here. I've got a couple of minutes, so I'm, I'm going to close. This is so important. The next two minutes is vital for the next umpteen weeks. There is truth in all of those issues that we just talked about, the different kind of people in a church. There's truth in all of them. And a gospel-loving church is probably going to have some of that in the whole church. Okay? Are you with me still? All right? This is what I want to say. There is nothing wrong with any of you being particularly attracted to any one of those kind of people we just mentioned. There's nothing particularly wrong. And you having a special leaning that way. But what is wrong that Paul's going to tell us is when those preferences are accompanied by a spirit of division. That's where it becomes wrong. Self-righteous separation. That's where it becomes wrong. And Paul's going to next week, we're going to look at four great corrections to a spirit of divisiveness. Thank God, as I told you folks, and I mean this from the very depths of my heart, we have just not had a lot of that to have to deal with. God has been so good. That's a testimony, I think, a lot of times to how you let the Spirit work in you. And I, I love you for that. I appreciate it so much. But listen, we all have areas that we disagree on. You know, I'll guarantee you I could hit some buttons in the next minute. But we're not going to do that. We're going to let the Bible speak and let Paul tell us how to correct anything that's going on. So what kind of church do you really want? That's what we're going to look at. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this great family. You know I thank you a lot of times when I drive around and I look at this campus and then on Sunday when I see people coming and going, laughing and talking and hugging and sometimes crying, sharing burdens. I just think to myself, this is what church is supposed to be. And I want to thank you for the great privilege that we have to be here. But Lord, I know that we all, because we're human, we all lean one way or another. We have things that we like or dislike. And that's not the issue. It's what do we do with them? And how do we relate to one another? I'm going to probably 
nearly every single Sunday because we're dealing with subjects now rather than generalities of the Bible. I'm going to ask if you don't know Christ as your Savior that you please don't give rest to your life tonight. Don't let your eyes close in sleep until you have made that decision that yes, yes, I am sorry for my sin. Yes, I believe Jesus is the Son of God, the Savior, the Messiah. And yes, I believe he died on a cross and shed his blood, and I believe he rose again. And I'm placing my trust in what he's done. Like you said, I'm new at this, I'm young. I don't know a lot of different maybe ways to act, but I know enough to know that, that I want to be saved. I'm gonna ask you, I'm gonna beg you to please, if you don't, if, if you don't know for sure right now that if the Lord were to take you tonight, that you would wake up in heaven, please make that choice in your heart. Pray and ask him. And we would love it if you did that, if you would let us know. On the bulletin you have, there's that tear off and it has a place to check. I'm committing my life to Christ. We just love to be able to rejoice with you, share with you. So, Father, we thank you for that you still move in the hearts of people. And we thank you for the study of your word. And we ask your blessing in Christ's name. Let's stand and sing a little bit. Jesus, above all names blessed redeemer Emmanuel he's the rescue for sinners the ransom from hell God bless y'all. Have a great Sunday afternoon, and I hope your team wins.